What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined as always by Danny Cole, DCU Penn's finest, and Chris Coacher, CB Coacher Boy. We got another great episode for you guys today. The 2023-2024 NFL season is officially wrapped up. The Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl back-to-back three times in five years. They are officially a dynasty, and we're going to be recapping the game. Um, congratulations to the 49ers. No, didn't end the way I wanted it to, but I mean, you know, with the, the quarterback still not being paid. We'll talk all about it. We're going to separate a category for Mahomes' legacy. I mean, he has clearly stamped himself as one of the greatest ever, if he hasn't already, which he has. But we'll we'll go a little more insight. How much more chasing Brady will he have to do? Does he have to chase anybody else? How far can he go? We'll talk all about it. But the bulk of this episode, we're going to be talking about every single trade from the NBA trade deadline. We're going to be grading them. If it was like a whatever trade, we'll just give some thoughts. But we won't actually grade it. Um, but of course, y'all know before any of that, we have to get into Summit's Plummets. And Danny's going to kick us off per usual. Yeah, I'm going double Summit this week. The first, I guess you, you can call it a Summit or a Plummet, whatever. It's going to be a neutral. Uh, it's going to be that the a banger thing. of the year. The banger of the year came out and bow, 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 bow. Y'all some booty cheeks. Y'all lost to the Chiefs. <laughs> Trap House about. Sports dropped House. the the best song of the year. Uh, he said, "Y'all still ain't got a ring. Y'all ended up like the Cowboys." <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way. That's one way to go about it, man. Nah, it, he he's a funny guy. He's a, he's a fun account to follow. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, so, definitely definitely a questionable. I don't know about banger of the year, but we'll we'll, we'll have some laughs at it for sure. It's a funny um, song for sure. Uh, but no, uh, the, the real summit of the week is, uh, so I had a, I had a knee appointment today, uh, checking up on the ACL. The doctor said that my leg looks like most patients do five months and I'm two months out. Cause you're built different. I'm a, you're I'm superhuman. Freak. I'm bionic. Uh, that's all I have to say. He said, yeah, yeah you can start, he goes, you can start running in like a week or two. I'm like, what? Yeah, let's get let's get Dre Greenlaw to your surgeon immediately. Uh, I think Embiid might have went to my surgeon. Yeah, that brother's cooked because he's uh like he's like I don't know, seven foot, two hundred two hundred eighty pounds or something like that, three hundred, probably like three ten. Uh, the only plummet I will say, people are comparing twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty four. Get the Chiefs beating the Niners in a comeback. Uh, Embiid getting hurt. Yes, it's, I seen it's, that. It's, yeah. <laughs> Embiid getting hurt. Yeah, they're that like, could no. be any that that's any year. That's every year. <laughs> well, now, no, Embiid played in the 2020 playoffs. He did, but he was hurt. Remember, he got he played hurt. No, he didn't. He was healthy. Ben got hurt. They played in the bubble and got swept by the Celtics because that's when Jason Tatum started to become the man. Embiid was hurt that year, though. I don't think during the regular season. Uh, well, he got more than enough time to get himself together. He just got yes, swept, sir. and. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But he's the he's the OG bubble guppy. Nah, he's not a bubble guppy. Hero's a hero is hero's the OG bubble guppy. No, TJ Warren the OG bubble guppy. Nah, he's he just bubble insanity, bro. He was he was ridiculous for a couple games, then ran back into Jimmy Butler and turned back into TJ Warren. So yeah, fair enough. I think I would too. Yeah. Nah, you know who doesn't do that? Derek White. Derek White owns Jimmy Butler. 
This is a fact. After, after game two, I would have to look at the numbers. I don't think Butler scored on white for the rest for the rest of the series. Like because Derek White, Derek White was literally just forcing him left. Or if or if Butler did get right, he would just send him all the way to the baseline. And Butler's ankle was too messed up to really elevate like that. So it was um I don't know. Oh, he's a fraud. He nearly sent my team home off free throws. I can't believe that. Uh, damn, it sucks. JT rolled his ankle. We'll be back though. But Chris, summits, summits, and plummets. Uh, mm-mm. I don't know. What is my, what is my summit? I, I don't know. Then Lake, then Lakers win like six of the last seven. Well, that doesn't matter. We still have Darvin Ham's coach. Nobody cares. Uh, until he's gone, we're screwed. Uh, but okay, okay, I'll say. Um, oh, my plummet, uh, plummet. My summit is the All Star Weekend's weekend. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, I'm one of the few people that still looks forward to All Star Weekend. Like I'm a little kid. Like I remember that time of, of my life, just waiting for it to come on, bro. I just wish that they would do the jerseys to where every team wears their own. And like with how many jerseys the league has now, like could you imagine us one the East wearing the city jerseys and the other one wearing the statement jerseys? Like you know, just just what it would be like with all different colors. I think that'd be cool. But yeah, I'm looking forward to All Star. Um, that, and then, um, I would say my plummet, mm, it, it can't be Darvin Ham for a fifth straight week, man. No, 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 he, Darvin Ham, <laughs> Darvin Ham, he's, he's off my books. I don't even care about that guy anymore. Uh, my plummet, uh, my plummet is the second apron in the NBA. Now this sounds weird, but this, this, this is my plummet. I hate the fact that good teams can't sign like certain buyout guys because of how much they made like previously because of teams that are approaching the second apron. It kind of like makes the buyout market a little crappy a little bit. I know we probably don't get into a little bit with the trade line, but like just seeing like teams have to pass on certain players who, who are good or seeing a team have to trade somebody like a Gordon Hayward instead of buying them out, stuff like that. It just it just made the trade line a little less a little less lit than usual. So I'll, I'll say that's my plummet, just the, that new rule. Yeah, and you blame Grant Williams for co-signing on that. So he is our NBA wow. PA vice president. Um, I would say uh, my summit, um, Brady fans, super insecure, and I love it. Because I think a lot of people love it level-headedly, and we'll talk about this more later, believe like Mahomes is not necessarily the GOAT yet, but he's on pace to do so. But when you say that, a lot of Pats fans are like, oh, well, he still has this much to do and this much to do and da-da-da, and Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. First of all, pipe down. He wasn't on the Patriots when he beat him in the Super Bowl. Second, kind of looking back at, like, I just don't know how you think that's like, it's like, oh, Brady, like, outperformed him. Yeah, they played two completely different defenses with two completely different offenses. So, I don't know. I just hate quarterback one-on-ones. Um, but I do actually have another summit and it's that Kristaps Porzingis is a Boston Celtic and I can't exactly explain. I would, KP has a reputation of kind of being soft. A lot of people kind of thought he was soft. Uh, he didn't like playing with Luca. He wasn't getting the touches. He's, you know, always missing games. I'm not out on the missing games. He's he's missed some games for us, but it's little stuff. It's you know, um, you know he he's he's load managing. I'm pretty sure he's load managing tonight, as Chris just told us. Uh, but I don't think we need him to beat the Nets. Hopefully, um, but 
the Celtics are three and zero against the Heat with him, and not that like Jimmy Butler didn't play last game, but he did play the previous game, and they won by thirty three. Uh, now regular season obviously does not matter to the Heat, but why I think this does matter, no Heat fan will admit this. Every time the Heat is, every time the Heat and Celtics play, it's essentially a playoff game. You want to win this game. Hell yeah! And I think, I think. It, same Danny Celtic Sixers. You can say regular season don't matter whatsoever. You want to win this game, and Porzingis just adds this extra element on offense. That not saying Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown cannot get a bucket in any which way they want, whenever they want. However, when you have a third guy that you know post up on this elbow, everybody knows the KP classic pump fake jab, pump fake jab. And they just shoot it right over you because I'm seven. I'm seven two. I'm seven three. It doesn't matter who's on me. I'm just going to shoot it right over you, and I'm, I'm probably going to make it because I'm one of the most prolific jump shooters in the league, and definitely at my size. So I, I think having the ability to have a third guy who can go get whatever he wants, not maybe not on the floor, but off the post, it, it's been outstanding. I cannot wait for the playoffs. I'm praying, 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 knocking on wood that he is healthy. If he's healthy, I simply do not see anybody out east stopping the Celtics. I, there was really not a lot of competition. Not, I want to say a lot of competition out west. The competition is stronger out west. I don't know what teams are going to have an answer for Kristaps. One team that may would be the Lakers, but they're not going to the finals. So we're going to worry about that. And then of course, you got the high-powered Nuggets and um and, and Clippers as well. Clippers really do need their credit, but um. Dude, I'm I'm just so excited. I cannot wait to get to the playoffs, man. Um I was gonna say OKC, but in a seven game series, what Kristaps might do to Chet Holmgren could could be a little ridiculous. Yeah, it would um, get bad. Chet, get Chet is bad. a phenomenal defender. Please do not get me wrong, but he he's shown a little weakness to guys who who want to be a little bit more physical on that post. And while Kristaps is sing, is is no skinny, he's he 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 can he can bang down low. Pause. Um. Okay. Let's let's talk about football. Um. Wait. wait. Let's, let's talk about we're... before we move on. Let's talk about how Giannis handled the Nuggets last night. They also lost to the 15 win Blazers about like a couple nights ago. So I know, but it, it's like Doc Rivers, congratulations, buddy. I saw a post. No, a there's no goal. congratulations because Jamal Murray played bad. The Bucks hey, are a, a post- bad basketball team. <laughs> no, I, I saw a post from a uh, a fake Adrian Woj count, and it was like Doc Rivers stepping away from. The- <laughs> Someone he said needs already. To. <laughs> Need to. He's horrible. But let's get actually to the Super Bowl recap. So Niners. Let's say they start out the game pretty hot, running the ball well, then fumble. Um. When looking back at this game, there's a lot of little things, decisions, fourth down, go for it, settle for the field goal. The biggest one being the overtime one. Um, Danny, you you know these overtime rules inside and out. You're a huge analytics guy. What Do you see why Kyle Shanahan wanted the ball first? And if so, was that the right decision? 
I want right, to ask so you. The reason you want the ball first in overtime is because you basically you have all the leverage. If you go score a touchdown, then you know they have to go score a touchdown. If you get a field goal, you know that they only have to get a touchdown or they're giving the ball back to you and you only need a field goal to score the game. So getting the ball first is always the right decision. The problem is you really need to aim to go score a touchdown and go get a two-point conversion. If you get the ball first and you get a touchdown, you need to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Put the pressure on. You can't play on the back pedal. And I feel like that giving the ball back to Mahomes, the momentum just shifted in the Chiefs' direction. Giving Mahomes that two-minute drive to go tie the Super Bowl. He could have won it in regular regulation, to be quite honest. People were like, yeah, he just ran, oh, ran out of time. Oh, oh, only if uh, only if the Chiefs didn't block the field goal. No, dude. Like They would have managed the situation differently. He's not throwing a back shoulder fade to Travis Kelsey in the end zone to win the game. Like they're gonna call up different plays if they have to get a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. If they, if they gotta have it, you know. Um, so what I what I thought was in a situation where both teams get a possession regardless, I'd much rather send my defense out first. Shanahan's defense, your defense was just out there, and they just went through like a a, a pretty decently long Bad. drive. Bad drive. So, would you rather send your defense out there winded, knowing you got to get a stop? Well, you don't have to get a stop, but it would be nice to hold them to three or nothing at all. Um, but regardless, even that wasn't the case. How are you so unprepared? How do you not know? that you score a touchdown, they have another chance. The Chiefs were the team that put this into effect because they won one of the most legendary playoff shootouts ever by just winning the coin toss. How do you guess not what? know this? It's almost poetic. It's almost the first team to make this play rule said, fuck you, I'm just going to end the game right here too. It's, it's so poetic that the NFL tried changing the rules to make the overtimes more fair, it's not more fair, dude. Just the Chiefs said, made it matter. simple. Get us st- you the end of the super the Super Bowl overtime would have ended the same way this year under the old rules. You get a stop and a field goal, and you're good. Yeah, you get the ball back, you can get a field goal. Like literally, all all it does is give you give bad defenses a chance to get bailed out by. So the only thing that's different, right? If you're a bad defense and you give up a touchdown in overtime, your offense can bail you out by going down, getting a touchdown, two point conversion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's all that's so, all that's different about it, really. Here's here's what I'll say though. Here's what I'll say. So when when you get the ball first, you talk about leverage. I don't think you really do. So they're in that third and four. They throw. They miss. Happens. Chris Jones is a beast. Um, now, here's the thing. Had you l- – let's say the Chiefs get the ball first. They score. Now, you have the ball. That's more like two down – that's automatically two down territory. But because you have no leverage now, because, like, if we kick this field goal, it's on our defense. If we score this touchdown, our defense has a little bit more breathing room. But 
Um, I want to swing it to, to Chris real quick to talk about the Chiefs' final drive because it included, I believe, a fourth down conversion, two third down conversions. It was marvelous. What do you feel like you were watching, watching Mahomes just march down the field? At like the whole, the entire game before the fourth quarter, they were locked down. And at fourth quarter overtime rolls around, I feel like I'm watching Michael Jordan. Chris, what were you saying? Yeah, I just seen a, a clutch player do what he does, honestly. That's that's really it. Like, I, I'm not going to lie and say I was, like, amazed because I've come to – you come to know, especially my favorite team being AFC, like, I, I've come to see it all the time, so not nothing new. But the, I think the most impressive play to me was the fourth down conversion. Because, uh, in, in Was it overtime? Yeah, I think it was overtime. The fourth down conversion because it was, it was such a cool play, first of all. It was – the option for Kelsey was there, open. It was open, too. But also, Mahomes just took the running lane. It's like, I think you mentioned it the, the show before, like running for each quarterback is going to be important. Purdy wasn't really able to use his legs as much. I mean, I'm not saying he's Mike Vick, but, you know, he wasn't able to, you know, use Mike his legs as much. And, and Mahomes, I think Mahomes had 66 yards rushing. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was the game at the end of the day. Like, the plays he made on the on, on his feet were the, the the plays that won the game to an extent. I mean, the, the game with the touchdown pass, of course. But those plays extended drives extended the game and let them keep playing. And then, like I said, you've just seen you just seen the best player in this sport just take over the game as much as a quarterback can without needing anybody else's help unless you, you got to catch a couple balls on this on this last drive. But I got everything else, bro. Like, just, just go out here and do your job. And I think that's one of those people that – that's why he's in that conversation of GOAT already. Like, it, it just is. No matter what the age is, no matter anything else, he's in that conversation because of things like that. I think uh, uh, Chris Jones said at the end of the game – I wasn't. Oh no, it was Nick Bolton. He said in the game that I wasn't scared. We had 15 on our side. He just said, "Give me the ball back, and I'll get us a win." And like people say that about their quarterback all the time, but and this is not even a diss. But saying that about Jared Goff, it feels different than saying it about Patrick Mahomes, even if you're on that team. You know, because not saying you don't believe in Goff, but you've seen Mahomes do it five, ten times in a, you know, in in those situations. So I think it was just just Mahomes showing who he is and just showing why he's the best player in, in the NFL and the three times Super Bowl MVP. Golf stray, golf stray is due every single episode. And it's crazy because I was just gonna show golf some love before I did, but he he, he was on my brain because I was watching some on uh TikTok and he like <laughs> he uh he uh he dressed up as like a, a backup quarterback for some some school and he was like just like kind of oh yeah him. that video yeah that's really why so came f- in my head my bad Jared Goff I wouldn't even hate him no nah, he was no bro he, he like I always think about that sometimes it's uh, I always think about that sometimes I always think about it. Those quarterbacks who like dress up and then go to like the high school camps or whatever. Imagine they go and they just suck. Like they're missing. They're they're, air, they're just air mailing that day. Nah, he started out bad and then he started like you know really getting it on. But how do the kids just not notice? Like you can't look someone at long enough. Like you look familiar. My only guess, I, I only only pass I'll give him is he had a helmet on. So maybe maybe that's what's throwing off. We guess seven on bro. seven helmet. Come on, man. <laughs> uh. But I would say I want to – we can't talk about the Super Bowl without talking about the job that Coach Spra- uh, Spraggs did. Um, with this Chiefs defense really makes this version of the Chiefs feel very Patriot-esque. You have the GOAT, one of the greatest tight ends of all time, if not the greatest tight end of all time. Good enough receivers. Just barely good enough. Julian Edelman's better than all these bums combined. I'm not trying to diss him, but just good enough. When when Wes Walker left, a lot of people were like, who's going to be this number one? And someone stepped up. And then this defense is just so good. It's so good. And what Spags is able to do with 
these DB blitzes, it's phenomenal. And I think that he blitzes his DB so much off the edge that when you game plan so much to defend the edge, that middle just becomes a lot harder to defend. And we've seen Chris Jones literally disrupt the game, literally ended the game for the 49ers by making Brock Purdy overthrow the shot to Debo in the end zone. I believe that one was, uh, I think, third quarter, I believe. I think third quarter or fourth quarter made him settle for a field goal. And then in overtime, he had two guys wide open, and he sailed it. And I, that's not Purdy's fault, but that's just how good Chris Jones is. Mind you, Chris Jones didn't have a sack, but he was everywhere on the field. If you ask Steelers fans, Chris Jones was a fraud, and he did nothing because he had no sacks. But nah, he was completely disruptive, and – there was one play on the final drive. I pointed out to Danny that McDuffie blitzed through, I believe, like the B gap or something and just blew the entire play up. Play it stood no chance. I don't think it was like critical. I don't think it was a third down or anything, but McDuffie timed it perfectly. And he played a phenomenal game, like amazing game. He, he did. And uh, I think my Greek brother, George Karlaftis, him and Le- my one of my favorite linebacker prospects coming out, Leo Chanel. Bald, bald out. These two really stepped up for the Chiefs. And it's kind of funny. Like, you see the glaring similarities between the Eagles and Chiefs, except the Chiefs has a better linebacking core. Yeah, when you that's how far a solid linebacker play goes. Speaking of linebackers, that perfectly transitions to what happened to 49ers. Unfortunately, Dre Greenlaw tearing his Achilles just going onto the field. It's super unfortunate because he has had such an amazing, amazing season. After the way he finished his season last year, where the Eagles were just running right at him every single play in the NFC Championship game, he's played phenomenal this year. And well, that's what like he gets that, for uh, – I mean, yo, he, he literally punched Big Dom. No, nah, I'm not going to say someone deserves to tear their Achilles for punching a fat Italian, man. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, that's nah, kind of crazy though. He got Yo. he got he got he got unlawfully kicked out of the game. That's that was his karma for that. But um Yeah. Yeah. I when Dre Greenlaw went down, it just showed how shallow the linebacker room is over there. And not to say you gotta play like Dre Greenlaw, but don't play like an Eagles linebacker. And that's what he did. He was looking like I don't know who it was, but he was looking like Nicholas Morrow. He was getting tagged up uh, a, a lot. Um it, it's just One unfortunate. I think really will speak a lot. The Niners DBs are sorry. They they can't cover the Chiefs. They can DB. be. Dude, they can't cover the Chiefs wide receivers. The Chiefs have some of the worst wide receivers in the NFL. They rely I on would, Chase I, I, Young. Yeah. They rely on Chase Young and Nick Bosa and Hargrave to get home. And when they didn't get home because they're playing a good O-line, they were screwed. Because MVS was cooking you. Justin Watson was cooking you. He dropped a big, long catch. Like, you're getting cooked by UPenn legend Justin Watson. You're getting cooked by Marquez Valdez Scantling. You're getting cooked by Sky Moore Moore made an appearance on the television. Sky, Yeah, bro, you let Sky Moore on the TV. It's pretty bad. Um, Does Kadarius Tony get a ring? Kadarius Tony does get a ring. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony played such a huge role last Super Bowl. You'd think he would have just went oh. off this year, but Inside. things never connected. 
It's kind of like a Dorial Green Beckham. That dude had all the tools. Danny, no, every single tool in the toolbox. It just never worked. Um, Dorial Green but, Beckham was one of, one of the greats, dude. He he was six four. He was fast. He was strong. He had the tool. He had the goods, man. It just never panned out. But so, back to some Justin of the 49ers. Bla- Justin uh, Blackman is the is the real what if. Yes, yes. Uh, back to some of the some of the coaches 49ers uh Steve Wilkes he did it he I did mean, you want to talk man. about bad db play he is a part of it he, 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 he is he, he is a part job, of it though. i think that they like i don't think he did i don't think he did he failed to adjust to the adjustment coach reed came out my dog had an adjustment ready for wilkes showed it on display in the fourth quarter him and mahomes and and steve wilkes never adjusted and you know, and speaking of that overtime, you okay, your offense only settles for three. You know, you, you gotta like you gotta be more aggressive. There are back to back plays that Romo called out. It was second and long after uh I believe it was MVS. He ran backwards. He didn't mean to, but like he tried to stay up and it didn't pan out well. The next play, they give him space. It's it's a second and fourteen or something. They let him get a quick Six, seven yards. Why are you doing that? Play it normal. Because now it turns into third and medium. And that's like third and two for Mahomes. Because he's going to figure out. And what do you know? They sent the house on third down. Dump the drag to Rasheed Rice who picks up uh, a, a critical first down. Like, that's just, it's malpractice by, by Steve Wilkes. That's bad defensive play calling. Yeah, Blitzing him has not worked all night. Why why do it on the biggest play of the game to that point? It's just it it, it I don't know. I wasn't a Yo, fan. You know, ever everyone always talks about Mahomes has this crazy arm talent. You know what they don't talk about? His elite pocket presence. Dude, the way he manipulates the pocket is actually so fun to watch. He yeah, he just and it's it's gonna be sound crazy, but like no one ever talks about this. I, I haven't. I, you don't really hear people talk about how good he is of just being a quarterback. Like if he had Jared Goff athleticism, he would still be a top five quarterback, which is crazy. Well, his arm talent and IQ alone, like it's funny because when he was getting drafted, it was like, oh, he has no footwork and he's such a project. But this is just like the embodiment of it all working out and trusting the process. And and Brett and Beach you know who's, will you know, forever will forever be a legend for drafting this kid or getting this you know kid drafted. Ne- he was a scout at the time, but you know what? You know what? What great quarterback is next to be on this list? He's working with a Super Bowl losing offensive coordinator in Shane Steichen. Richardson. Well, I, re- I love Richardson. Dude, I, yeah. love, I love me some Aunt Richardson. He might be ringless for a little bit, my man. He will be ringless for a little bit. Mahomes going to be sending people home for a, a long time. Look, man, Lamar Jackson don't got a ring, man. Like, that's how tough this dude is. Mahomes Josh Allen, Josh Allen don't got a ring. I'm not going to say Whoa. nobody's nobody's getting a ring on his watch. First of all, he Tom Brady got a ring on his watch. And then uh, Matthew Stafford, not directly because of Mahomes, but because Joe Burrow beat him. You know, and again, I'm just saying the quarterbacks here. That, that doesn't mean one is better than the other. I'm just saying, you know, 
But for this five-year stretch. Want to hear what's crazy, he, though? Hmm. The craziest turnaround of their career. Shout out to Matthew Nagy. He was horrible Back. as the Bears <laughs> yeah. coach. Was he People horrible or did he just have Mitch Trubisky? Mm-hmm. That's another question. Does he deserve another I'm shot? I'm just saying. Yeah. Y'all recently but, just cut Trubisky. So that's dope. Yeah. He's uh he's welcome, welcome to Shanghai. Where's um, quarterback everything? <clears throat> yeah, the and 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 the odds for Fields going to Pittsburgh is has been up in. So we might have a little they, mutual connection between you two. We are they, they are they are the favorite in Pitt to land Justin Fields Field to Pickens will feed families. Pickett, Firemuth, Rattler, quarterback room. Whoa, whoa, and it's whoa, whoa, whoa timeout, 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 because you got to let me cook, right? And then just like the Niners, the late round QB turns out to be your best one. Bam, takes out to the Super Bowl. Justin Fields, Pickens, Firemuth, I'll be there. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll be there. Fryer, on the other side. I'll be there. That's my guy. Yo, Truz, we're going to be uh, – Connor Hayward going to wind up being the best tight end. <laughs> Ball knower. But back to the back to the Super Bowl, last couple things. Um, This – okay, maybe this isn't about a game. Usher and Alicia Keys, how many bodies is that? Yo. Uh, 100. That, 100. 100? Hundred. I think that's hundred. Hundred. A hug from behind and a hug smile from behind. A hug from the side. This is hundred. In front of a hundred mil. It'd have been worse if it's only in front of one person because then people wouldn't have believed it. Now everybody saw it. Now everybody believes it. A hundred. hundred. They said. Hundred. If you lost your hoe to Ti, I'd be like, "Hey, that's Ti." That's Ti. <laughs> but Usher. He did it again. He what did it that again. <laughs> Oh my god, man. Boondocks never lied, man. They never Boondocks lied. Boondocks is always on point. They always know. They always on point, man. Boondocks needs its credit, bro. Because this Usher thing, bro, he's just not gonna stop. Um, so that's how you know we stopped running. Uh we've run out of things to talk about about the Super Bowl. We've talked about the OT. I've talked about how the Niners coaches have been utterly abysmal. So let's talk about some uh, Go, some greatness, some greatness, man. Real greatness. This man, man Patrick man. Mahomes, has cemented himself as a top three quarterback of all time right now. Call me who, crazy. Who, who's your top five quarterbacks of all time now? My top five? Yeah, your top five. I got Brady, Montana, Mahomes, Manning, and Drew Brees. That's very valid to me. That's very valid to me. And I love that you showed some love to Drew Brees. He, my man was running out there with legit the worst defense of all time for a good three to four year span. And he was Yo, still he, trying to make it happen, man. Didn't, he was throwing for 4,000 and he literally was throwing checkdowns. I, I don't know how. Dude was throwing, dude was throwing for like, First person that had multiple five thousand yard seasons. He did it like five or six times. Um, he made he, he made was, Michael Thomas relevant. Come on, Michael Thomas was nice. He just I'm he kidding, risked it all. He he risked everything to try to get Drew that ring because he knew he was running out of time, and and it sucks because it kind of cost him his career as a legendary wide receiver. I truly thought, you know, after that season he had where he broke the receptions record, this is the best receiver in football. 
This is a top two, if not one route runner. Top two, if not one hands. He was outstanding. But back to the top five. So your top five is Brady, Montana, Mahomes, Manning, and Breeze. I want to ask you, why, why Montana over Mahomes? What's stopping you from that? He's one more. Uh, I think he's done a little longer right now. Um, and I think they're very similar. I think they're like a 2A, 2B currently right now for me. Um, I think they both had dynasties. I think they both had legendary head coaches. I think they both had legendary receiving targets. One's Jerry Rice. One's Travis Kelsey. I mean, Jerry Rice is the best ever, but hey, man. So – also, I'm just, we're talking about the parallels between Jerry between Patrick Mahomes and Montana's career. They both have received a receiver with in with the last name Rice going into their sixth year of their career. What? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that, that's pretty niche, I guess. Yeah. Um. Okay, I do want to look at something real quick. So. Um, Montana, as of right now, um, has the one more championship. He's got two more Pro Bowls, two more All Pros, the same amount of MVPs, same amount of Offensive Player of the Years. Um, but they have the same amount of Super Bowl MVPs, and that means a lot to me. I'm not gonna lie, because I think, and same thing with basketball. I think. Being the best player on your team when the moment is the biggest matters the most. That's why, like, Kareem, Kareem has six titles, but he don't got six finals MVP. What is he? Have? Chris, what does he have? Two? I, I think it's two. It might be three, but I think it's two. I think it's two. Two? Only twice Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the best player on his team in the finals. Not saying that's a lie or anything. I'm saying that's like, that's what everyone's like, why, why can't Kareem be in the GOAT combo? That's kind of why. Bron, Bron's, Bron's been the best player in every single finals he's just been in besides two. One time he played Tim Duncan in his prime, and the other time... Can't worry about another level. On a level, he's on the level. Kevin's on the level. Well, I would say, yeah, in the 2017, 2017 series specifically, because the 2018 series, nobody was better than Brown. I'm not hearing it. But Durant, you could say, was up there, but Durant also facing a lot different coverage. But anyway, back to the football thing. Okay, so why my top five? I have Brady Mahomes. And then Danny, your list, you know, kind of similar from there. Montana Manning Breeze. The reason why I already have Mahomes higher than Montana one, they already have the same amount of Super Bowl MVPs. I I, I think that's that's very critical too. Mahomes sits just twelve thousand yards behind him in passing yards. He's catching him in three seasons, like like no doubt. Uh, if he's feeling spicy, you know, he's not getting there too. But um, you know, you get the gist. Uh, Mahomes uh, more passing yards per game. Um, He's only behind him by, if I'm doing the math correctly, 54 touchdowns. He's going to catch him in two seasons. It's just all of these numbers. I I just know I I know he's going to do it. So I'm just going to put him ahead of him now. And even if he didn't, 
I think when we're talking about a peak, this is the greatest quarterback peak of all time. We're talking three Super Bowl MVPs, two MVPs in a five-year span, complete dominance, never won and done in the playoffs, has has road playoff wins, has now, believe, I think 15 playoff wins, more than Peyton Manning. And this kid's only been around the game for six years. Like, it, it, it's completely ridiculous. He came out the gate, something we've never seen before. As for Brady, Chris, I, I have a question for you. Do you think Mahomes needs as many rings as Brady to catch him? Or is there a limit where it's like, okay, he's a better football player, so we'll allow some cutback on the rings? I think the conversations can start with that today because football is one of the, the, the sports. Obviously, it's only a couple of major sports, but football is one of those sports. One of the sports. It's one of, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so. But the, uh, in, in football, though, in real life, like a lot of times, Super Bowls aren't the only like factor. Like in the NBA, if he don't have any championships, he can't be this. A lot of times, the most talented player is going to be the most talented player regardless of Super Bowls. And in my opinion, Patrick Mahomes is the most talented player at that position I've ever seen. So in my eyes, when I judge, it's hard for me to say, oh, well, Tom Brady went to 77 Super Bowls. He won 12. Like, I, I don't care about that. It's a, it's a team game. Like If Mahomes can put up 40 points, if his defense gives up 41, he loses. So at the end of the day, I'm going off talent. Mahomes is the most talented player I've ever seen in my life. And at the end of the day, Brady's longevity and how good he was is what kept him to be able to get all those Super Bowls. And who says Mahomes can't? Mahomes is 28 right now. Mahomes plays another 10 years. I would not be surprised if he can win four more in 10 years. I won't be surprised at all. Like, I won't be surprised. And, you and, think and he only like, get three more? So no, like, no, at, at least three, right? Like no, right, now, three. right now, dude, right now he's been to 66% of like the Super Bowls with his only losses that he didn't make it to coming to Joe Burrow where he should have made it. And yeah, to Tom Andy Brady master class literally and Tom Brady where they lost in overtime because D Ford's an idiot. Yeah. Mahomes is two. He's literally a couple plays. I think Ty, if Tyree scores before we're half against the Bengals. They win the Super Bowl that year. Cause they're, they're dog walking the, the Rams. I think I legit And they would have dog walked the Rams if D Ford, you know, wasn't offside or no? Yeah, D four was offside, and then was it also D four who hit Brady in the head? It might have been Chris Jones, but anyway, either way, regardless, yeah, he's we, literally we, we would have been talking about we we would have been talking about a couple plays away from a five time Super Bowl champion probably at the age of twenty eight, and then he's better than Brady at that point because Brady he doesn't have five Super Bowls at the age of twenty eight. He's legitimately a few plays away from being in the conversation, being the best ever currently. So yeah, you can't you can't say I know it's a bunch of oh this would have happened like yeah I don't want to be hypothetical man but I wanted to say in that Super Bowl against Brady if his tackles were healthy and his guys were catching the ball He's if good. he wins that game just let's just say he wins that game just you know completely hypothetical it's not that Brady beat him it's that Mahomes lost out on a ring while Brady gained a ring in the same thing because. If Mahomes wins that one, Mahomes is now sitting on four and Brady's four and on six. Yeah, four and oh. He's four and oh in the Super Bowl. That's yeah, like first of all, Joe Montana's only ever done that. Like MJ, like we're talking about basketball. MJ missed the playoff the first six years of his career. People forget that. Like he didn't make the playoffs. 
Patrick Mahomes sat his first year. The Chiefs made the playoffs, by the way. They lost in the first round to the Titans. He played. He sat his first year, and then he's made the AFC Conference Championship six straight years. That's so much better than Jordan. If I'm comparing Jordan and Patrick Mahomes' careers, Mahomes is so far ahead of Jordan. Because at think the about start, that. yes, yeah, he, at he the is start of so far ahead of him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Wait, to start I, off a I career, yeah. I don't know if y'all saw this. Uh, Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp, they were talking about uh, where the goat, where where Mahomes, and he said uh, <laughs> they were having a duo. They were having a dual goat debate at once. They were having two goat debates at the same time. They were like. Is Mahomes closer to Brady, or is the goat is the gap between Mahomes and Brady smaller than the one between Braun and MJ? And Stephen A was like, "Yes, because he doesn't like everyone knows Stephen A. He believes there's nothing Braun can do at this point." While Shannon, known LeBron guy, is like, "Yeah, he's like because LeBron washes MJ, and Mahomes is going to be the goat." So I mean. They're having like two goat debates at once. I don't. I'm pretty sure Stephen A. once said that like if Mahomes lost that Super Bowl to Brady, he could never be greater than him, which is so unfair. How old was he? 25 or 26 at that time? Like it's so unfair. But um, yeah. Boy, what are you doing when you were uh, 26? What are we, what are we gonna be doing? Welcome to LeBron. Welcome to LeBron and uh, Michael Jordan debates. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Michael Jordan oh, so won six championships with no no losses. No way anybody else. Chris, exactly. I, Chris, I have, I have a some to to try try to rank rank these three athletic peaks. Mahomes' career so far. Nineties MJ, and twenty tens LeBron. Depends on which part of nineties you talking about. You talking about the first part of nineties MJ. Then, we just talking. We talking that eight year span. Oh, years. Three Pete, gambler, and then three extra Pete. three Pete. I mean, and then on top of that, I need Antonio Brown's career before no, he went CTE. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get you. You literally just grab the polar bear, just drop them in Arlington, Texas, because Antonio Brown doesn't sit at that table, man. No. Uh, you want to drop a receiver at that table? Is Mr. Jerry Rice Megatron? But if anybody else, not not really, not really Megatron. But it, the best peak, if you're counting all those, is Michael Jordan for sure. He won six championships in, in nine years, like that, ten years at that point. You know, from 90, 91, I think he started. To, yeah, I mean that's that's the best. It was peak. it was an eight year span, but if we're going yeah, the that, whole nineties, it would be ten years. But yeah, that, that's the Just best count. one ever. That that's the best peak in sports. Period. Yeah, and I don't think nobody's gonna be able to touch that unless, like, if if uh, Mahomes would have did what Danny just said, he's at five. Then that's beating that. But until then, like, like no L's. It's, it's tough to it's tough to say. But you're talking about just player or accomplishment. You're talking about player. There's not a better player than that's ever played the game of basketball than LeBron James in Miami. There's not one ever. Maybe 2017. Yeah. Maybe 2018. That 2012. That OKC ring. Yeah, there's not a better player. The 2018. That six year span. Unreal basketball, but the like, only I, other player I've never seen would, anything like it. No, I wasn't around I mean, to him, next to him to next to that LeBron is ninety five Michael Jordan because that Michael Jordan was ridiculous. Even as a LeBron guy, ninety five Michael Jordan is only only person I would ever put close to that Bron because he he was unreal. Like that was the like, that was like peak him. I think he shot thirty seven. So ninety five, ninety five Mike, 
2013 LeBron. Game of 12. And I guess – oh, I'll say if they go on one-on-one, <laughs> I'll be I'm there. not, I'm not picking, dog. I'm not doing that. Ban for ban. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, so just bronze is at Marcus Gasol's house. On two of the best teams ever. Ah, dude, that would – come on. And then we can't even say what year for Mahomes. We don't even know yet. The best could be yet to come. You're ready? You can ready? pick any, any year you want. <laughs> what, Game yeah. on the line. Marshall's got the death beam pointer at Earth. I want McCall Hardman. Nah, I think I'm good, man. <laughs> nah, I think I'm taking Justin Watson, to be quite honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Justin Watson was baller. Uh, I, yeah. The Chiefs really said, we want McCall Hardman. Over Kadarius Tony. Dude, you know what's crazy? They traded for McCole Hartman because he wasn't getting snaps on the Jets. He signed with the Jets. He left the Chiefs. And he was that's benched. Good is. That's how good Mahomes He is. was benched. That's how great. That's how good Mahomes That's how good Mahomes is. That's, how... I was, that's exactly that's just what I was how... going. That... Yeah. But, yeah, we all agree. Mahomes going to be the GOAT. He's up there with MJ, Braun, Brady. Or at least he will be. Uh, Bronny. Um, Bronny's college career, he's up there as well. <laughs> Bronald. Uh, but we can speaking of basketball, speaking of the basketball goats, we are going to be grading the trades from the NBA trade deadline. I'm gonna tell y'all the trade. I'm gonna tell y'all, you know, grade grade the trade for this team or grade the trade and grade grade the trade for the other team. First trade we got up. The Mavs received PJ Washington, a 2024 second round pick and a 2028 second round pick while the Hornets receive Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first-round pick. Chris, grade this for your current hometown Dallas Mavericks. And A. And A for a lot of reasons. P.J. Washington is finally a player that the Mavs can use, and they'll have to take another guy off the floor to do it. You wanted a little bit of defense, you want a little bit of shooting, you have to swap players. I'm not saying P.J. Washington is going to protect the rim, but P.J. Washington does use his hands and feet on football on defense, so he helps a little bit. He can stretch the floor, and this is something that uh, – a good point that I've made, but also one of my good friends made. P.J. Washington is one of the guys to where he can catch the ball in the middle of the floor on the short corner and do something. He doesn't have to just catch it and throw it back. He can catch it and shoot the ball. He can catch it and make a pass. He can catch it and make a play towards the rim, which is huge for them. And then on top of that, you get Grant Williams out of town. Grant Williams is not really good at the sport. He's, he's okay as a P.J. Tucker variant, but he's not good at the sport in real life. And I think moving on from him helped open up a way to be able to get Gafford as well. Unreal deadline by the Mavs. Unreal deadline. I think they A-plus for sure. And then, Danny, what would you grade it for the Mavs? I give it a B. Uh, I don't like the, what they gave up with, with Seth. Um and they gave up a little bit too much. He wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. Yeah, Seth wasn't really playing. He thought I, he I, know, but I can see how you could get mad at the first round pick, maybe. The first round pick, first I round know Seth PJ Washington kind of OD, but like, but. dude, maybe it's a little Sixer fan in me. I I know what Seth could be. Boy, Seth is washed, my man. It is over. He's not that kid he was. Man, he Seth is thirty nine. That's what I'm saying, man. Why do <laughs> really about kids? Philly fans get so overly attached to bums. Like, people were so upset about the Pat Bev trade. 
campaign. I don't care. I, I don't, don't care don't, about Pat Bev. Well, you're you're stuck up on Seth Curry of all people. Pat so Bev was right though. You're he not better. You said it was right. You got him riding. <laughs> why? But why? Campaign is a better basketball player. I said that He's in so class. Much better. There's a bunch of Sixers fan in the class. I say campaign's better than Bev, and there was like. Uh, no, he's not, dude. I'm like, bro, campaign shooting 40% from three. He's better than Bev, bro. You know what better than Bev, bro. Come we'll, on. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about another six. Come on. Trade. He's better than Bev, man. Impressive. What does he do we'll better? About... Than, what does Pat Bev do better in campaign? No, I'm, I'm nah, this is this is my answer is gonna be it's gonna make sense when I say it. Campaign's better than Pat Bev in situations. Pat Bev, I mean, campaign is not better for the Sixers or the Bucks than Pat Bev is. As a basketball player, I'm with you. Campaign is better than Pat Bev, 100%. But on a team that wants to win and just, like, you need a spot up in a defender, I'm not saying Pat Bev will shoot 40%, but he's going to guard your best guard. Dane can't do it. And then you had him on the on the Suns before. Booking them are not going to do it, so you got to have a Pat Bev. Campaign is just a little bit smaller in stature than Pat Bev, so it's hard to have him on the court if you have a Maxi. You can't play Maxi and Cam anytime together. You can get spot minutes with Damon Bev. I'm not saying it'll be great, but you can you can do it. You, you know the Celtics yeah, got? I think they don't got I Pat think Bev. Cam, the Celtics got Derek White. True. Who's better than both of them combined? Yeah, combined. Two. Yeah. <laughs> but point is, is that I think Philly fans just get, even if it is a debate, you're getting overly emotional about a guy because he fits your city's description. This wouldn't be an issue if your if your main man wasn't soft, but. Whatever. We'll talk about uh, a Sixers trade next. So this one was kind of like a little three-team action. The Sixers get Buddy Heald from the Pacers. The Pacers get Furkan Korkmaz from the Sixers, Doug McDermott from the Spurs, the Raptors 2024 second-round pick, the Blazers 2029 second-round pick, and cash considerations from the Sixers, while the Spurs get Marcus Morris, who was bought out, a 2029 second-round pick from the Clippers, and cash considerations um, I say we can kind of leave the Spurs, I guess, out of it. They got rid of Doug McDermott, awesome, but I'm not going to necessarily grade that. Um, I think they're buying the out Marks Morris too. I think. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs, Spurs bought him out, so he he's welcome doing back, whatever. Welcome, wel- welcome back to Philly, big brother. Yeah, you got. He actually is the key to the city, so I don't necessarily know how they go about that. Uh, yeah, but um, I guess we can start with the Sixers. I mean, Buddy Hill has been off to a phenomenal start so far. Danny, I mean, you've been seeing it firsthand. What would you grade this for the Sixers, at least from what you've seen? Not before I do. This trade has been mocked for since we had Ben Simmons on the team, bro. You are not you are not a real contender if you haven't if you if you haven't seen Buddy Heald mocked to your team for five straight off seasons, dude. You're not a contender, dude. The Sixers turned down Buddy Heald and Halliburton for Ben Simmons, and that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh yeah, that's that's that sucks. <laughs> that sucks, man. And if the Kings how do you turn that, that down? Screen, what happens to Maxi though? Maxi just Hallib- plays off the bench. Halliburton and Heald though. I think you can Dude, sacrifice. Ma- I'd rather have. I think Halliburton. Oh no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. My, that, that was my point though. Like Halliburton and Maxi, I would want to play them Chris, together. Chris, 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 oh, even better. Boy, they would how about be... this? How about this? You got Halliburton, Maxi, Heald, Tobias. And bead, yeah, that and bead boys gonna run. The year. They better win defensive player of the year because they'll be giving up 160. But they score 165, so I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not against Maxi. Maxi. Maxi and Halliburton gonna run. Did you know yeah, they're the only two dudes it. named Tyrese in the league? 
Yep, I seen it uh, watching Tyrese Halliburton put these. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it. Yeah, the jersey. But But no, but back 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 to the trade. I I believe that this is perfectly what the Sixers needed when Embiid's back and healthy. They needed a guy, a third option who's not old. They didn't need Zach Levine. They didn't need Demar Derozan. They need a third guy who can score, but they don't need him to get his own bucket all the time because they got Tobias Harris. They got some spot up shooters. The Sixers went and got sneakily the best package at the deadline. I think they got the best player traded the trade deadline. And that speaks a lot of volumes. And they only gave up Marcus Morris. And for and, and, and Furky from Turkey, who's been asking out. He finally got that trade. He's the real winner. And all this. he's not even, he's not even Furky from Turkey. He's Furky. I'm going back to Turkey. I would say, do we even, do we grade this for the Pacers? Because like they were going to have to end up paying buddy healed anyway. It was a bad situation. It was just about, just a dump. Yeah, I'll say getting anything back is kind of a W. I would say I would say B plus for the Sixers. Their biggest issue right now, who's going to move back to the bench once B comes? I think the clear and obvious answer is DeAnthony Mellon, who's been uh, given some spark uh, off the bench. So, oh well, I think it's, it's my Ricky Council. Players. It's, it's Ricky Council, it? brother. Oh uh, well, yo, his nickname C four. Calvin Ooh. needs to go put a uh, a copyright claim on that. We knew a guy named C four. First. Well, his whole family is called C1, C2, C3, C4, C5. Oh, because they're all uh-huh. Calvin Church, the you know. But here, we can move on to the next trade. We all agree. Good trade for the Sixers. Okay, nice. now this one on the surface is kind of like, no. This is just a bunch of nobody swinging around. But Suns receive Royce O'Neal from the Nets, David Robbie from the Grizzlies. Grizzlies get 2026 first-round pick swap with Suns. Chimezi Medu from the Suns. And you don't want to be from the Suns. And then the Nets get Keita like ba- Bates Diop from the Suns, Jordan Goodwin from the Suns, draft rights to Vanya Marinkovic via the Grizzlies, and three future second round picks. We could really just talk about the Suns here. Royce O'Neal, an actual basketball player, sort of a W. I got a lot to say about and that. dude, yeah, David Roddy yeah, is a very good defensive presence. He 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 is. I've seen that firsthand. He's a very good defensive presence. Uh, he he brings to the Suns what they didn't have. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Chris, if you, if you say you had, you know, a lot to say on that, you know, definitely floor is yours. I had to put my glasses on for it. Whoa. So <laughs> the I think this is the best trade of deadline for a couple of reasons. The Suns literally had zero assets, zero to move that made sense. And you end up getting a 3 and D defender. And you end up getting a very young David, not very young, but a young David Roddy who's growing into the league. But David Roddy's a utility type of player. You needed a guy like that. David Roddy reminds me of a Kenrich Williams type of player, like as far as build. And you need a guy like that on a championship team. You need a guy who's going to guard the, the – who's a smaller four, who's going to guard the bigger guys, 3 and D, you know, do things like that. You've got that in Roddy. And you got a proven – veteran in Royce O'Neal, who is always going to help a playoff team. I think this is an A-plus trade for the for the Suns because you didn't give up anybody who was really playing. Jordan Goodwin just got cut by the Nets. He, I think he's on the Grizzlies now, funny enough. He got cut. Uh, Watanabe wasn't playing. Now you have Roddy. Now you already were playing a Koji and Grayson Allen big minutes. Now if those guys aren't going, you don't have to just stay with them. You don't have to stay with Eric Gordon. You have a little bit of variety that you can put out there with your three guys and Nurkic and stuff like that. So I think there's an A-plus trade for a team who had no assets for real and end up bringing in two guys who are going to play. Like, Yeah, I'm with that. I think this beefs up a Suns team where we're talking about, like, 
the end of their starting five is already rough. Now we're looking like a good seven, eight-man playoff. That's all you need for the playoffs. It's all you need. It gives, seven, them, an option, guys. It gives them a freaking option. Like, if they were going to start just somebody. Deal, if you want to start them in the backcourt, now instead of having Grayson Allen to three, you can have Royce O'Neal, who's done that before on the championship team, who's done that before on the team's competing, who's done it next to KD before for a minute. Like, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal can be the guy you can plug and play. Or if Royce O'Neal's not falling, his shot's not falling, you can throw in a Koji for a spot minute. You just at least have options now. Now you don't yeah, have to It kind of reminds me what the Mavericks were just in. Like, you had yeah. options between Derrick Jones and Grant Williams. You will have to sacrifice one for the other. Completely fine, though, because – at least you got them because before you didn't have the options. It was a Kogi and Allen and the skeleton of Eric Gordon. Yep. <laughs> and Eric Gordon's been respectable, okay. you know, okay. still one of the, okay. you know, the premier He's shooters. Just 34. He's just older. That's all. Everybody 30, that's crazy. Play 34, yeah. 34 just don't seem old. KD, Steph, right. LeBron, bro, they, they've spoiled us, bro. Literally. They spoiled us. Yo, I'll I tell you this, though. Uh, it throws me off. NBA players versus NFL size, like David Roddy, 6'4". He'd be a monster on a football field. Dude, he would be a crazy He'd be a crib. He'd be Calvin Johnson. Like, it'd be ridiculous. Dude, like, it's just, it's just crazy. crazy to, like, put it in perspective that, like, these NBA players, like, the fat like, – people think David Roddy's fat. <laughs> like, no. Like, if, you put him at, if you put him at nose tackle or, like, the end, it's over He's for the cooking. Team. He's cooking, like, man. So, like, I just, I would say, just one thing I want to say before we move on from this, I can't believe the Nets weren't sellers, man. You're in such no man's land. You know how much you could get for, there are teams that want a Cam Johnson. There's teams that want Mikhail Bridges. There are teams that, I don't really know how much they dying for Dorian Finney-Smith, but good rotational guy that I wait, doubt. The, the, Mav said they want a DFS back right now. Yeah, and they I did. think they were offering a first round pick. Not, I wouldn't really give up a two. first. Not for two, and they turned. I think down. that I, I wait, wait, no way they turned out. No, no, wait, 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 no, no, no. If you ask me, if you ask me, I think that was the Nets just pulling out their own agenda to. Oh, no, no, you know, there, there, there up the trade value. Play. Not just the Mavs; those a couple teams offered twos, like even Ooh, like, first round picks. Them, and like, yeah, I don't know why, but and also too though, if you think about it, if y'all. Were you know really people during the deadline? A lot of people were moving those 2024 picks. I told y'all this draft isn't nothing. So if I'm yeah. in that, I it would have been I would have been hard hard to do. But I probably try to wait one more year and see if I can get some picks this next deadline or this next year for 2025 and on. Because this isn't the draft, in my opinion. You trade up or you try to get like a, a good pick. This is a pick where you stay in the 20s or you you know try to like I said Celtics, Sixers, Heat, Lakers, Bucks teams that are good that are. They're, you know, good enough that are going to have second-round picks or, like, late first. They're going to eat in this draft. The Hornets, the Pistons, those teams are going to suffer because those top ten picks in any other draft, they're, like, late lottery guys. You know, so I think that's that's the yeah. only caveat I give to the Nets, the only one. Well, speaking of a team that absolutely was loving the lottery and loves picks, the Oklahoma City Thunder receive Gordon Hayward while the Hornets receive Vasilihe Mikic, Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, and two second round picks. I think Bertans uh, is just to make the, the money ma- the money match. Honestly, yeah, I mean he's a sniper, but I mean he, I I think I could get a bucket on him to be quite honest. All right, so uh, the two big names in this trade: Gordon Hayward, Trey Mann. If you don't know about Trey Mann, you you're too, going please. to quickly you're going <laughs> to quickly learn this boy's nice. Baller. He's really good. I was at Triple W yesterday too. 
Yeah, yeah, the Hornets, they were awesome yesterday. Grant Williams at 21. Seth Curry was looking like pops out there. They got yeah. a little vibe to them. They're not winning games, but it's fun. It's it's just fun. It's um, But really, the thunder here is what we're looking at. How would y'all grade this trade for the Oklahoma City Thunder? You get a do-it-all type of guard in Gordon Hayward, at least when he's healthy, um, essentially levels them up from what yeah. they were running out there in terms of a do-it-all guy. Remember the days when Gordon Hayward was a, a forward? Me too. What is he now? You just said he's a guard. I said a, a do-it-all type of forward. My bad. But I was no, thinking no, of Giddy. No, no. Giddy's a guard. But <laughs> nah, I mean, you could. But some people might consider Gordon Hayward a guard. I mean, no, he's not a guard. Anyway. I meant to say forward. Yeah. So the Thunder get a do-it-all type of forward in Gordon Hayward. Uh, so yeah, what do y'all think? What's the grade on this? B. I was thinking B minus. Um, I think he's okay. He's aging, expensive, expiring contract. Uh, it's a rental. It's you're gonna you're giving up a young guy. I think giving up Trey Man for him is really the biggest reason I say B minus rather than B. Um, so yeah, and injury close close to that same reason. Honestly, I think is for me mostly. I like that side of it. Bless you, Danny. I li- bless you twice. I like that side of it. Bless you three times. I like I like that side of it because. Oh no! Oh, I, I can't even hear you. My bad. I had I had to mute myself real quick. Uh, no, never tell him bless you on the first knees ever. Yeah, please, okay. please. Yeah, yeah, you have to refrain until after. like the fifth one. I bet you need so, to wait until there's like a th- a three second pause at least. I, I think the uh, I think Oklahoma City. I give it a B for the simple fact that um, because Gordon Hayward is a rental, and unfortunately for whatever reason, Trey 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 Man wasn't getting minutes. So it's kind of like a, a push to a guy you're going to get minutes to because Gordon Hayward should 100% play playoff minutes over Lou Dort and or Giddy, like for a fact. So I think you give yourself a chance. Only reason I don't give it an A, I would have liked to see them go out there a bigger fish. I want them to get marketing so bad for so many reasons. They need a, a person who can shoot. They need they need a marketing. Rebound. And I thought, right, and I thought this was the time to where you get a marketing with that expiring Gordon Hayward contract. You attach four of those picks that you already have. I would like to see that. But not saying they can't do it in the, in the you know summertime because Gordon Hayward's going to be up and stuff like that. But I know people's contracts starting to kick in. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Giddy, send him back to Australia, whatever he's going to do. You have to figure that out too. So I, I that's the reason why I gave it a B. I thought it could have been – they could have done a little more, I think. Yeah, I, I really wish they would have picked up a really good rebounder. Um, so, so I agree. I think Gordon Hayward legit does everything that Giddy can do, but better and without talking to minors. So I like it. I would give it a B plus. I think, I think he, he'll fit their playoff rotation very smoothly. He doesn't take shots away from Chet and Shay and J-Dub. Um, he's a cool guy. And he's a cool guy. I, I, I like this trade. And, you know, why Danny said B-minus because they had to give up Trey Man is just a loaded – it's just a loaded room, man. It's unfortunate. I, I do get it. Like, um, you know, you'd rather keep Trey Man and you'll get him involved. It's just hard. It's just hard. Yeah. It's a, They're a lot deeper team than I think even people give him credit for. Now, I will say, you gave up two second-round picks? Like, that's it? Th- that's it? This, this, this trade deadline? Why do you have all these picks, Sam Presti? Why do you not have Larry Markkinen on your team right now? Why do you not have 
you can even go get Andre Drummond. The man's one job, the one thing he does good, is rebound the hell out of the basketball. Can I tell you what I think I my know. plan is? What I think Presti's plan is? is, is, is I want to tell you what I think it is. I want to see how you are able to even dive inside this dude's head. I, I got a feeling, bro, and this is going to sound so stupid, but walk with me when y'all see what I'm saying. I got a feeling. I think I got a feeling he's going to try to go out to Donovan Mitchell. And the reason why, at that point where, where get uh, you have another year of Mitchell, that contract being cut down one more year, so he's closer to expiring, whatever the case may be, you, you have all those picks – if Giddy shows anything, like the first couple of years, people were kind of gassing him a little bit. You have another asset in Giddy. You have a lot that you can go and get a Don Mitchell type guy. And I think that's a superstar. That's the superstar that you make a trade for. And that, that's my hope. I'm, I'm hoping that's Sam Press because I, I think he's one of the smarter GMs in the, in the NBA for a couple of reasons. And I think that's my that's my thought. He's going to try to make a swing at a big fish, not a not an NBA because that's not happening. NBA's not getting traded. But a well, Don Mitchell, that type of guy. I think that's I think that's Pressy's plan. Because especially if he didn't move out the marketing where you had an expiring deal in Bird I mean, a deal you can move in Bird that's is basically expiring as a team option next year. That's my thought. I think they go after like a Mitchell when it's time. That's my thought. Gotcha. Yeah. So we all agree around that B range for uh, Oklahoma City, Charlotte. Hey, you get trained, man. That's pretty dope. Uh, you get to take on a big contract, whatever. New York Knicks get Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich for Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, uh, Jalen Brunson's friend from Villanova, two future second round picks, and some cash. Chris, how are we feeling about this? Jaded. I have I have jaded feelings. Like I, I I promise I want to give it an A, but at the same time, I think they made the trade like Julius Randle wasn't coming back. And it's almost weird because it's like when Randle's back, you can't play Bogdan, uh, Boyan and Ananobi together, and they won't be able to be on the court together. Cause you're and or, and then is Hartman is gonna go? I know Divincenzo's been on the run, but of course you you're cool with cutting Divincenzo's minutes, but like. Where are these guys going to play? Like, like at, at the point, I think if Julius Randle had a season in the injury, then yes, this is a trade you make for sure. I think they'd have been good with just getting one, just getting Bojanovic or Burks. Now, it's good to have both in case injuries happen. I, I get that. But at the same time, I think it could have – it it, it, was, it felt like overkill because they may have thought – or like like Randle wasn't coming back or something like that. But at the end of the day, adding talent in the NBA is always good. You you want the the – best players you can have on your team at any point, especially in the East where you go, you got a lot of wings out there. So it's good to have more wing help. I'm, I'm always with that. So I'll, I'll give it a B plus just because it, it's great to get talent without really giving up a lot. They didn't move any first round picks. So they're still in the Don Mitchell sweepstakes too, when that time comes. So I think it's just, I think it was a good deal overall. So I'll give it a B plus. I would say for the Knicks, I mean, if there's one guy who ain't afraid to cut somebody's minutes, it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. He, he don't really care. He going to send OG out there for 38 minutes. They're going to make Brunson play 41. Josh Hart's going to play 42. And he'll figure out the rest. I do like getting off the Evan Fournier contract, obviously. Malachi Flynn wasn't there long, whatever. No ties. Quentin Grimes, it's kind of like the Trey Mann thing. You know, he fell out the rotation. He's got a lot of potential. We're going to have to cut ties, though, because what we're doing now don't got the time to be developing and whatever. Um, trading Ryan. Tra- trading Ryan hurts the vibe a little bit, but. No, nah, whatever. It's not like he was doing much. Uh, then two future second round picks. I I don't want to grade this bad for the Pistons because of their previous mistakes. Like they could have, tr- I believe, last trade deadline they could have got Bojan for two second round picks. Like that's what some teams were offering. Now it's two seconds. And it's like ah, damn. But I don't want to 
put this trade down because of a, a previous one. You take on some big contracts, it opens up cap six. You're not really going to be signing. No one, no one's coming to save y'all. So you're just gonna have a lot of money. Um, as for the Knicks, I like it. I'll give it A minus. I think I'll give it A minus. Never hurts adding selfless bucket getters. These guys can go get their buckets, but they're not gonna stop the ball. They're not gonna kill the motion of offense. Uh, I'm interested in Bojan's fit next to Randall. Burks, he's been in New York before. Fits pretty seamless. Uh, like I said, if you added one or the other, I, I I would probably even give this an A. I, but it sounds weird because these are both really good basketball players. But it, overall, positive trade. Good trade for the Knicks. Danny, do you have any sure. uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah. No, I think it's a pretty good trade for both sides. Uh, I think it's a little – the Knicks are trying to make a run while they can. Um, so they're trying to gear up. I don't know if it'll do anything because I still don't see them as a top four seed in the East. You don't see them as a top four team in the East? Nah. I think it's either them or the Cavs at four. Like whoever you put it for, you got Philly, Boston. Oh. Then, oh, I think I think he's considering Boston, Philly top four, I think. Too. Oh, I'm not. Philly, when it beats healthy. When it beats healthy, Philly's top four. I th- I got both these teams over Philly in a playoff series. I truly, truly do. I am not a fan of the Sixers' offense once two bodies are thrown at Embiid, especially in a playoff setting. I, yeah, I like, I like the Knicks and the Cavs as both top four teams. Of course, I do have to see this team with Buddy Heald. No, not that Buddy Heald is the biggest, you know, needle mover in the world, but it changes things. We have Kyle uh, Lowry. That's the, the, the biggest needle mover. Y'all want my honest opinion on who I think the top four teams in the East are, despite what the standings say? Heat. Yeah. The, I have the Celtics, Cavs, Knicks, Heat. as Those are probably the four best teams in the East to me. The Bucks. Don't scare me with Doc Rivers. Yo, Chris, th- guess what? This is co- what trauma does to you. Screw no, No, it's because the <laughs> Heat are a good basketball team. The Heat are a good basketball team. They have simply just got the worst injury luck this year. Jimmy Butler, unfortunately, out due to a personal matter, a family death. Prayers up to him. But Bam ain't been healthy. Jaime's been in and out of the lineup with injury. Hero, White. Um, oh, Chris, I, I told Tony this. Uh, so when I, when I was in Miami last week, I was I went to the Heat Stadium, checked out the team store. So they got players' names to flash up on the on the stadium. That shows their face, and they're like, it's pretty cool. It's like LED screen. Guess what player popped up the most? Tobias Harris. No, dude, R.J. Hampton. Oh, for the Heat, I'm tripping. I thought you said the six man battle. R.J. Yeah. Hampton, dog. Dude, R.J. Hampton. I can't wait for his smooth 12 points per game on 45% shooting from three. Can't little wait. Elm, little M, Texas native. Uh, also, a cool story about R.J. Hampton. My first year down here, I went to see R.J. Hampton play against Tyrese Maxey in a game here in Texas. And I found out that R.J. Hampton's dad is making his kids fail on purpose. RJ Hampton is a year old and he's supposed to be, and his son is two years old and he's supposed to be. His uh, other son is two years old and he's supposed to be. He's only a sophomore. He's 16. But I mean, I'm sorry, he's going to sophomore year. He's 16 already. 
Yeah, bro. He's, they he's held him back. That's what the Hamptons are doing. Sorry for spreading propaganda on here, but I found out. <laughs> I had to tell <laughs> Yo, he's, he's, he's breaking news. All right, we have a he's bunch of little little trades. I'm just going to say the trade. Y'all are going to give like a just good or bad. So, Nets. <laughs> what a start, man. Nets receive Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young, and Raptors get Spencer Dinwiddie, who Spencer Dinwiddie was bought out. And went to oh, the Lakers. And the Nets brought out brought out Thad Young. He just signed with the Suns too. Yeah, so it's just Dennis Schroeder. It's really just Dennis Schroeder moved to Brooklyn. So W for Brooklyn, yeah. I guess. W. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bever- Beverly for campaign and a second round pick. Gas, gas for no, not really. It, it's all right. <laughs> uh, see, see for everybody. Like, is it just okay? Thanks. It's just me. It's just not something to get emotional about, in my opinion, like at all. <laughs> Okay, Mavs and Thunder, first round pick swaps, whatever. Um Springer to the Celtics for a second round pick. Underrated. Hurt. Yeah, that, that pick's not doing anything for Boston. Jaden Springer, great defender. I'm not gonna talk about his offensive upside because that is certainly, certainly questionable. Um Blazers add Banton from the Celtics uh for a protected second Celtics get a protected second round pick. Actually, it's a top 58 protected pick for Delano Benton and Cash. Um, Delano Benton fan. Yo, qu- question about the uh, Sixers and the Celtic um, trade. Who is the most hyped up Sixers prospect to never be? Zaire Smith or Jaden Springer? Zaire, Zaire. Smith. Y'all drafted him over Mikhail, so. And he kept breaking his foot. Well, we didn't draft him, Mikael. We drafted Mikael and then traded him. There's one more critical trade we didn't talk about. Daniel Gafford for Rashawn Holmes. A A to me. That that's exactly what you needed. You needed just another Derek Lively. You needed another guy gonna grab boards and play D. Two year, uh, a year and a half to keep developing too. Daniel Gafford helps that because now you can you can play Gafford maybe thirty minutes when it gets time in playoffs and still have Lively grow into his role. And next year, Lively can you know take place. Just give him time to you know really feel it, feel his uh, roll out in the match. Yeah. Okay, definitely not talking about all of these. Robert Robin Williams was traded then cut, so who cares? Jazz and Olenek and Agbaji for Porter Jr., Lewis Jr., 21st. There's two mm-hmm. mid-teams having at it. Daniel House. House is not on the Sixers anymore. God is good. Congrats, Danny. Uh, Corey Joseph, not on the Warriors anymore. That kind of sucks. Funny enough, they sent them to the paint and I was playing them. <laughs> they just walked over to the bench. I get a ring and I bring it home like I'm Corey Joe. Man. Uh, Pistons, Fonte- Fon- Fontecchio, Fontecchio for, for Kevin Knox. <laughs> Who cares? Monte Morris. Monte Morris was a good ad. I think w. For, yeah, w. for the Timberwolves. I believe we, t- I don't think we got to touch on that, but no. yeah, Monte Morris for the Timberwolves. Great backup point guard action for, and it only took Troy Brown yeah, w. Uh, and Shake Milton. Hey, Pretty solid. I about to say, I about to say only like Troy Shake. Brown. Don't forget about Shake. Yay! Bring Troy Shake Brown, back to Philly, man. Bring, bring, shake, bring Milkshake back to Philly. Yeah, Troy Brown. Uh, and then last, I guess last one I'll say is Celtics get Xavier Tillman for Lamar Stevens and two seconds. Great trade. That's an A. W. That's an A. W. Yo, I'll Look, tell you this, though. One thing my GM is going to do, he never going to be satisfied. Make some out of none. Well, I'm going to tell you this, time, though. Uh, were you there for the Shake Milton 30-point ball game? 
I wasn't. I watched it. I wasn't there though. Sigmund's I, a bucket. He's a bucket, game. man. I watched that game and was convinced that he was better than James Harden. Yo. <laughs> That's insane. When but, Shay get going, he'll give you uh, some nice mid-range bugs. You'd be like, who is this guy? Is this Chris Douglas Wobbies from me? That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, I like Shay. Uh, Say, so do we have anything to say before we get on out of here? I would say those, those trades pretty much wrap it up. The rest were like we already talked about. Nothing big like Steven Adams or whatever. So, all good. All right. Nope. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe. Um, you know, we're getting super close to 250 subs, so we really appreciate all the love that you have been showing. Make sure you leave a comment as well. Turn on post notifications. And if you're listening to this on audio platforms, please leave a like, subscribe to the show on wherever you get your podcast. Download if you like the episode. Leave us a five-star rating so we can keep climbing up um, these imaginary charts that I think we're on, but probably not somewhere down there. But um, from Two-Tone Drip, Culture by Migos, and DC Comics. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week.